This is the Oklahoma Talking Company. Hey everybody, welcome to the Oklahoma Sports Show. I'm Jason Evans. Jared, how you doing? What's up, buddy? I'm, I'm, I'm doing exceptionally well. Good weekend in football. Well, good. I'm glad you're doing well. That's Jared Kennedy, and we apologize if there are any audio issues we're having to do this from from a distance, and uh, so just bear with us. But Jared, uh, it was another exciting week of college football. Yet again, none of our three state schools we we were unable to go three and zero. Hasn't happened yet this week, but um, an exciting week nonetheless, wouldn't you say? Yeah, you know, I didn't, I didn't ever think about that until you just said that. We have yet to go three and zero, huh? Yeah, and uh, I, I haven't even, I haven't, even, I haven't put that together, huh? Yeah, I was, well, we got to pick it up. <laughs> exactly, all the all the schools have to. Well, there's a chance next week maybe that that two of the schools can can win, but uh, that may be a tough test. We'll get to that in a second, but. Um, Jared, I think we have to start down in Norman. You know, OU, uh, whenever they set this schedule, you know, they set schedules years and years in advance. I, I, I highly doubt they thought that two out of their three game, games would be against uh, top 25, potentially legitimate top 10 teams uh, in Houston and Ohio State. I'm sure they thought Ohio State would be good, but then the Houston game may have snuck up on them. And um, this this test in Norman, Ohio State, number three coming in, um, and really, uh, it, it, it was not as competitive as I think a lot of Sooner fans would want. Did you get to see any of it? No, I did not. Well, I did. I saw, I saw, you know, the last second half, as you know, OSU game got a little rain delayed. So we, I was wanting to see the whole thing, but I only got to catch the, the last half. And yeah, it, it, it took me by a surprise. I thought, I mean, at no point during that game did I ever feel like OU was, in control or winning the the battle in any battle up front wide receiver battle back battle quarterback battle I just felt like uh, they uh, were in a tough spot and uh, I know there's not a lot of happy OU fans. Yeah, like that that's social media. That's true. You threw out a, a little promo on our anchor app uh, this week, and and if you went through the social media ranks uh, following OU fans. Um, it, it was not pretty, but um, before we get to any of that and any of the the irrationality of fans, I mean, let's just talk about the game. I I I, I was at the Oklahoma City Dodgers game, but I was kind of watching it on my phone, um, and I got right. to see most of the second half. But I'll just tell you this, Jared. Um, since since Stoops has been at Oklahoma, um, I I've always felt like no matter who they played, their talent level could could compare, and they would never get out out talented. They might get out coached, or they might just get beat. Right. But last night, the 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 talent on the Sooner squad could not even compare to the talent on that Ohio State team, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I actually thought the same thing because you know watching that game and. Honestly, I feel this a lot. I, I reference Oklahoma State a lot, but it, I mean, just being honest, I'm probably more around that and see them more than any other school. And I do that a lot to Oklahoma State. I, I think, golly, that other team just, they're thick, they're big, they're fast. They just, they just, we just don't look like the Alabama, the Ohio State, and all that stuff. Or the and Oklahoma, the time, traditionally. Yeah, or the, or, exactly, or the Oklahoma. <laughs> Excuse me. And for the first time, I was watching that game last night. I thought the exact same thing. I thought, 
good lord. I mean, Oklahoma looks like a, you know, looks like a central Missouri compared yeah. to this, you know, Ohio State. They're just so much bigger and faster. And, and honestly, I it, it, it caught me by surprise, and I think it was a little bit of a reality check um, as to, well, I don't, I don't know what. I, you know, I can see how people are getting frustrated, but, but I think more so than coaching, I, I think that has a lot to do with it. They just, their boys were just more physical up front and, and there wasn't much to it. Yeah. And, and they were, I mean, they, you, you nailed it. They were more physical up front on both sides of the ball and really, uh, you know, they jumped on them early. There were a couple of possessions that the teams exchanged there in the first, but then, uh, Samuel has a 36 yard touchdown run. And then, uh, a few minutes later, Jerome Baker has a 68-yard interception return, uh, where you know Mayfield was just trying to to do something right. downfield, and and just like that, OU's down 14 nothing. Well, they 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 feel like they get the momentum to come back. Mixon has that 97-yard kickoff return that shouldn't have been a return, but once again, Big 12 right. replay officials are awesome. And you yeah, know, so it's fourteen seven. There's there's a feeling that that something's going to happen, um, but then right at the beginning of the second quarter, you see Barrett make one of those fade routes to no uh, to Noah Brown, and uh, that was an eleven play, eighty nine yard drive. Suddenly it's twenty one to seven, and really, um, I don't think Ohio State looked back from then. And uh, OU just once again, kind of like Houston, if it, they they found themselves having to play catch up, and. Honestly, this year I don't think OU is built to play from behind, um, and I think in these right. two losses it shows. Right? Yeah, I, I thought the same thing. I thought we we was I was actually maybe I caught more in the game than I thought. We were actually at Rip Crib eating, and I was watching that, and I saw Ohio score Ohio State score that second thing, and I thought, man, they, these guys are jumping all over them. But sure enough, just like OU tends to always do, they come right back. Yeah. You know, returned by Mixon, which, like you said, he, you know, he dropped the ball right at the goal line. But you know, hey, it worked in their favor. So glad on that. But uh, they came right back, and I thought, okay, you know. And then, like you said, it it just seemed to they never just could get that momentum and and catch up. And I don't know. I just when you you know when you look at stats in comparisons, you know, it, it doesn't seem. You know, first off, you look at the score, and it's like, okay, 45-24. But then if you actually watched the game, you felt like the the game was more distant than than the, than the score appeared. I mean, yeah. like it was less of a game, I guess you should say, that's even what the score says. But then when you look at stats, you know, oh, you, had, you know, like 403 total yard stats. You know, Baker threw the ball around. He got 226 and 170-70. Yards rushing, you look at those stats and you think, well, against Ohio State, you know, number three team in the nation, that don't seem to be too bad. But it's just, it's the other things that, you know, they went through on fourth down, 0 for 3, on third down. Heck, they were 5 for 13. Not bad. They were, yeah. yeah, they were, they were, I mean, you just, you see that stuff and you, you wonder, what, where in the world did it go wrong? Like, how, how did they just, physically beat it that bad even though on paper it doesn't seem as you know as far out of reach as it was but yeah it it does it does have one of those weird feelings because because I totally agree I mean you look through the stats it it does look like they look like what we expected two evenly matched teams 
Um, but but when you watched it with your own eyes, like I don't know. Oh. I mean, and you know, obviously, I'm I, I I mean, I'm not I I'm not in the game. I'm not in the moment as a fan at, at this particular time. But like as I'm watching it as unbiased as, as I can be, I'm just like, man, Ohio state just has some studs and really, oh, yeah. really, uh, mix in and maybe, maybe Andrews, um, maybe those are the only two guys that on OU's team that really, uh, performed and, you know, you thought could, Hey, maybe compete. Cause, cause I mean, really, I, I don't know. And this, you know, we're three weeks into the season and, and I think we're going to have a lot of similar comments with Mason Rudolph, but, um, for Oklahoma State, but Mayfield three weeks in, um, he he hasn't really shown me any kind of improvement, and it and it looks to me right. like teams have figured out how to how to contain him a little bit and some of his creativity, and a lot of that can probably be assessed to the offensive line. Um, but right. but he compared to the way J T Barrett controlled the the game for Ohio State, Mayfield to me did not control the game for Oklahoma. Yeah, I, I felt like I I agree. I, I just I don't know. I'm, I think we're kind of missing that. It just seems like last year when he was stuck in those tough you know spots and we got to make the play happen. He just he didn't think about it. He just did it. He made the yeah. play. He made it happen. And this year, I feel like it just seems like we're seeing him think a lot more than he did last year instead of react. That's true. I mean, sometimes I think sometimes with the quarterback. It's it's not, it, you know it works both ways. It's not always good when your quarterback you know reacts rather than thinking. Guys like that, the dual threat type quarterback, I think a lot of times what they're built on is reacting rather than thinking. And I think you know instead of thinking you know do, do I go here and have this post or whatever that they just they tuck it up, they run, they they sling it. They're just gunslingers. And I think we're seeing Mayfield think a little bit more than than uh, using his just natural ability. Uh, and I think he needs to start reacting a little more. Well, I think that's a good point. Um, you know, I, I I totally agree. And and part of that, like I mentioned, could be the offensive line. And and you know, OU definitely tried to establish the running game more. I think in efforts to to uh, maybe maybe utilize their strengths and also give Mayfield a little bit more opportunity to to uh, have some looks. But um, you know, Mixon Mixon in three weeks has quickly, in my opinion, kind of become their premier back. Uh, he had nine, oh, yeah. you know, nine carries, which isn't a ton, but 78 yards. I mean, it's an 8.7 yard average. Um, he did have a yeah. 30, 31 yard run, but you know, on the, on the flip side, I think everybody's wondering, okay, what's the deal with Samaj P Ryan? Um, you know, he got banged right. up against Houston, uh, last week was kind of, he did score a couple touchdowns, but it was, you know, a, he played a half. Um, but, but against this tough, tough Ohio state team, 17 carries, 60 yards, um, for three and a half yards a clip, that's no matter who they're playing. And, and granted, Ohio State, like defensively, especially they they to to take a, to to make a reference to Austin Kendall, they looked anything but uh, uh, basic on the defensive side right. of the ball. But I mean, you know, Pirine. I, I mean, I'm starting to wonder, like, is there something that's not right with him physically? That I mean, you know, he just doesn't seem like he's running the same way he has in his first couple of years. Yeah, I, I, he does seem kind of a little more hesitant. I, you know, th- there's still those sparks of what he did last year, but yeah, but yeah, I agree. I mean, he's he's completely. You know, sometimes I think maybe it's just it, it's not necessarily what P Ryan's doing. It's it's what Mixon's doing, and maybe you know Mixon has had an opportunity to to get him 
a few more, you know, chances because, you know, P. Ryan got hurt or whatever. Yeah. And maybe he's just making the most of it, and, and he's looking so good that it's making P. Ryan appear, you know, you know, not as good. I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, that might be true. That's the, only, that's the only explanation I have because, I mean, I know he's got banged up a couple times, but, I, I mean, he doesn't look like he's, you know, got an injury or, you know, anything like that. He just... I don't know. He just seems hesitant, and and Nixon's just patient, and he hits the holes. And when he hits it, he's he's fast, and yeah. I, he's just he looks good. I, I just think I just think maybe Nixon's showing up and saying, "Hey, I, I want a few more carries than I've been getting, and I think you ought to make me a little bit more part of the game plan." And I think they are. I mean, I think they're they're you know using him a little. I mean, he, you look at stats and you don't see that, but you know. He's in the game a lot more than uh, than one might expect just looking at the stats. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, seven of their 24 points come off of a uh, 95-yard kick return. I mean, and that's uh, right. no offense to P. Ryan, but that's just something he's not going to do, um, you know, right. especially not against Ohio State. And so I, 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 think, I think you're on to something there. I mean, Mixon has definitely pro- proven – um, that he's capable of carrying more of a load, and you know this is second full season, and um, you know that's that's something that'll be interesting to watch because we all know that P Ryan, if he's if he's healthy, I mean he is a beast. I mean he 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 just barely oh, yeah. he barely needs over a thousand yards to become the OU's all time leading rusher, and I mean that's saying right. something, you know. I mean that's not. Oh, yeah. Um, and and so like I mean you know he's capable. It's just it's kind of interesting here in the the first three games of the season he hasn't quite. Uh, got got uh, got there yet and so um it'll be interesting to see moving forward what happens and uh you know OU they they have a bye week next week as they get get ready to head down to Fort Worth and TCU so this will for them I know for coach Stoops this is probably the best possible time to have a bye week um oh absolutely you know sitting at one and two but um you know we kind of poked fun at social media uh last night and uh what were some of the things you were seeing Oh, you know, just uh, needing to, you know, Stoops has lost his edge. You know, he he's out. Love, you know, forget his record and 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 all that. We're about championships, and it's time for you to go. And Mike Stoops needs to, you know, head on and just, I mean, just everything. But you know, I feel like I every with every OU loss, uh, as well as other teams. I mean, when when teams lose. I mean, usually that's that's the way it goes. Fans are harsh, and yeah. I'll tell you that from experience. Usually, I'm pretty harsh. I, I'm not calling for coach's head all the time, but uh, <laughs> just occasionally. Yeah, I just I've just seen it from uh, just different things. You know, they're, they're just thinking, you know, it's time for a change, and a lot of them are calling for. You know, they know they're not going to get like an Urban Myers or a or a Staven, but they're like, why don't we go out there and find that next the next big thing, you know, some were mentoring, you know, a guy like uh, down in Houston, what he's done for that program, the program that's on a rise, uh, you know, they're they're just calling for new blood. But, you know, it, like I said, when you sit back and think about what Stoops has done for the program and it, it's hard to fathom, why would you want to get rid of a guy like that? Yeah. And the way the, way the world is these days, especially in sports, is, you know, what have you done for me lately? You know, yeah, I mean, because it's not. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just it's the the a lot of the social media crowd 
really they they probably either weren't alive or definitely not very active the last time uh OU had a coach named John Blake or Howard Schnellenberger you know <laughs> like right. I right. mean it's it's easy to lose sight of what what Bob Stoops did to resurrect this proud program and it's not to say other coaches couldn't do it but I mean and, and at some point I mean those expectations and the realities they they do line up and you know there may come a time when well it's it's time to do something else but but i mean if you think about what what stoops has done over the last you know 17 years um he's he's not only bought, brought the program back but i mean he's created such a standard uh for that program and and you know i think it's just it, we are as fans so quick to jump the gun um even in great games we can still want want some of our coaches to to call better plays and and we'll talk about that especially with Oklahoma state um but but you know it's just like we as fans we do want you know we want to be satisfied now and so i it's it's always fun even when you're on the losing side i think it's fun to see the irrationality of fans especially since the invention of social media i mean it's really made it uh, made it go to a whole whole nother level, um, but but kind of on a serious note, Jared, I, I, I we didn't talk about this beforehand, so I'm going to kind of spring it on you. Um, you look at the Big Twelve as a whole. Okay, so far in non-conference, they're getting ready to start conference play. Like nobody has performed on the national stage. Um, you know, take a, take out Oklahoma State's loss that wasn't a loss. It was an embarrassing game by the way they played last week. You got TCU losing a tough game to Arkansas. Now you've got Texas who who had a lead going into the fourth quarter against Cal, uh, dropping that one. Um, you know, OU and their their two marquee games. And of course, OU is the the conference favorite. Uh, and they 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 just you know like we talked about it didn't look like they had the talent to compete with Ohio State. I mean, are we looking at it as a whole? I mean, the Big Twelve Conference is going to be fun. It's going to be exciting games. But as a whole, like I'm not I'm not real excited about about the potential of the teams this year. What about you? Well, I, I think what you're trying to say is we stink. We we <laughs> maybe the, well. You start out the season, and I'm looking at the Big 12, and I'm thinking, hey, you know, what what they got coming back and what, you know, different situations I, I feel uh, is going to be, you know, a big year for the Big 12. I feel like it's going to be tough, competitive, and we're going to have a couple teams uh, contending, you know, in the national spotlight. Now that we're, you know, three weeks into the season, uh, give or take, I, I think we're – we're kind of flipping script a little bit. Yeah, maybe we're not as maybe we're not as tough and as good as what we thought. Sure, Texas Texas looked great, you know, coming out, you know, against Notre Dame and and that game and and whatnot. But and and they they look good at moments during the Cal, and there's no doubt about it. I think they're a better team than where they had been. But a lot of people were ready to to. Uh, Jump on board and say, "Man, Texas is back. They're back to to national contenders, uh, Big Twelve contenders." And right now, they probably still are Big Twelve contenders. But as far as national spotlight, I think after watching a few games, yes, they're better. Yes, you know they're they're good, but they're nowhere near where they need to be if they want to compete on the national level. I think you could say the same way with TCU. And obviously, now, especially after watching uh, OU against Ohio State. I think you got a great look at what a national contending team looks like opposed to just a conference contending team. You know, there's sometimes there's a difference. You look at all these conference champions and all that, but yet, you know, that's why sometimes in the rankings, 
you know, SEC or those always get pushed ahead because I think I think people do, uh, you know, especially the the big wigs look at that stuff and and sometimes you know a, an SEC team, you know, third place team is more compelling than a you know a, a MAC conference champ. You know, yeah. it's, it's it's simply the name and and the thing and and right now Big Twelve as it is, you know, a big you know Power Five whatever, it, it's not. It's not going that way right now. Now, could could it turn around? Could we have some some big time games? Yeah, more than likely we are going to have big time games because we're you know starting conference play now, and I think every week's going to be a battle. But as far as outside the box, outside of the Big Twelve, uh, proving to people that we can take on those SEC teams, uh, you know, or whatever. Man, we've we've lost. I think we've lost a lot of people's trust as in, as far as. I don't know that Big 12's uh, playoff material this year. Yeah, and I mean, I I totally agree. I mean, I think right now the the best shot you have as a conference is either Texas or TCU, just because um, their losses have come to Power right. Five Power Five teams. Right. Um, but but yeah, and you know, I watched a little bit of that Texas game. I honestly, I went to bed because I they they had the game in hand. I thought, like, I thought, well, you right. know, they're gonna they're going to move on. They're going to, they're going to take care of this. And so then when I checked it this morning and I saw, um, I, I saw them, them lose, you know, I was, I was surprised. Right. Um, but there's controversy. Yeah. Uh, once again, there's a little bit, a little bit of controversy yeah. there. Um, all you know, what's, what is the deal with all these guys dropping the ball before they cross the goal line? I, yeah. I don't know. That's, I, I don't, I, boating, I guess, I, I don't know what the deal is. Like, I don't know what goes through their mind. You know, it, I, those kind of plays always takes me back to the '90s, watching Leon watching, Well, yeah, Leon Lett and watching a uh, BB. Yeah, I think he played for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, <laughs> take off and have that game, and then they start that premature celebration I always talk about. Yeah, and they start their dancing or holding the ball out. Oh, uh, yeah, it was it was Lett, right? Yeah. And BB caught BB caught him from behind. And knocked the ball out, and I'm and I'm thinking we're seeing more. It's, I feel like we're seeing more and more of that. Uh, back then, that was a a big thing. Like wow, like Leon just prematurely celebrating. And you got a boy like BB just busting it to the wall. Yeah, make a play like that. You don't see it very often. And now I feel like every week we have we have guys holding out the ball and dropping it before they get in. We saw two in the same week. Yeah, well, three. And, uh, uh, the Clemson player also. Oh yeah, I didn't see that one. Yeah, I but think that they the, could have been last week, but I thought it was this week. But yeah, there's definitely a Clemson player who did it too. Been. But obviously, you know, like the Texas game, it didn't work out well for them. Now, it wasn't a controversy like you know Oklahoma State had last week as a clear defining they should have won. But I will say, I it's the call that they made on the, that play was ridiculous. Yeah. To say to say that he fumbled the ball and there was no attempt. Uh, what do you call? It? Yeah, no immediate recovery. Yeah, I think that. Yeah. Are you covering me? If you if you I don't know how if you didn't watch that replay, I don't know how they missed the Texas guy run over there and pick the ball up. Yeah, I mean to me that's defined as immediate recovery. Yep. He dropped the ball. They took a few steps in the end zone and the Texas guy ran up and one handed it picked up the ball. And it was clear as daylight right there in the replay. So to come back and say he fumbled at the one, but because there was no immediate recovery, 
what the heck is immediate recovery? I guess is that as soon as the ball hits the ground, somebody has to pick it up. Like, I don't understand that. So I definitely think they got it wrong there. Yeah. But having said that, it wasn't a, you know, Texas still should have, you know, won that game, uh, that play, you know, it, it just wasn't, uh, I, I don't know. I, I felt like it definitely wasn't a, a you know, the loss didn't look as bad as the OU, you know, Ohio State one. But, you know, it's Cal, Cal's, still a, Cal's still a good name. They're a good team. And so a team like Texas, they can they could spark off some wind. And they could, I, I, I think that they could still uh, – I could think they could still make a run because I think I think the nation, like uh, other people, are they're so badly wanting Texas to be back yeah. as well as, you know, Texas. So you know, all it takes is the right you know the right people to 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 have faith in that team, and you know they they can blow off some wins, and man, it's going to take somebody else losing. But I think right now they're the only team, um, maybe TCU. I, you know I don't know, but Oklahoma's definitely done, and and well Oklahoma State never had a shot. So let's be real. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean OU uh, they've got to be taken out of that picture, and and. You know, kind of going back to the the fans and and wanting the change and all that kind of stuff. You know, that's that's normal for fans. But I mean, you know, if you're Coach Stoops, I, I know your 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 players are going to be disappointed. But this week, you've got to spend a lot of time um, telling them that the the goal of winning a Big Twelve title is still there. I mean, you know, right. OU, OU has dominated the Big Twelve, and I mean that's something. Right. You know, well, it, I mean, yeah, they got like they got like nine Big Twelve championships yeah. in the national championships since Stoops has been there, you know, since like 2000. He just won the Big 12 championship last year. Yeah. Well, 2015. Yeah. So, I I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say what I would want if I was an Oklahoma fan, Uh, but uh, I don't know. I just think you're looking at pretty good stats and a pretty good resume to just – but, hey, when you're OU, a team like that, they want to win national titles. It's not about – other things so yeah and you know and it's just it like i said to me the bigger discomfort as someone who lives in big 12 country who follows the big 12 closely is it just it appears this year maybe more so than some other recent years right uh that the overall talent just may not may not be there and you know i was watching that louisville florida state game where louisville just laid the hammer and all i could think about is how badly the Big 12 missed out when they didn't gobble up Louisville before yeah. the ACC did. Um, cause yeah, because they were just, I mean, they were a sleeping giant. They were already competitive in, in a lot of the minor sports. They had been fairly competitive in football. And, I mean, but, you know, I mean, that's just kind of the, the team that they could have been, maybe. Yeah, look at them now. I mean, like you said, they've, they've always been contenders in basketball, baseball, stuff like that. And now, you know, you throw football in the mix. It's, they're, they're definitely one of those teams that got away. Uh, I don't know. It would have been a great team to have. Yeah, and we, we may talk about, you know, a Big 12 expansion is always on the horizon. So maybe here in a couple of bye weeks or something, we'll we'll tackle that a little bit deeper. But let's go ahead and um, let's, let's switch gears and talk about Tulsa. Um, Tulsa got exactly what they needed in a 58-21 win over FCS opponent North Carolina A&T. Um, they, they took on the Aggies, and, and they did exactly what they needed to do. They were up 48 to nothing at halftime. 
and then I believe it was fifty-eight to seven going into the third or going into the fourth quarter, and so uh, they they did exactly what they were supposed to do. D- Dane Evans got got back on track after his his horrific four interception game against Ohio State, and uh, he finished with uh, two hundred and uh, two hundred eighty yards. I think. Let me get it pulled up here for a second. Sorry, uh, two hundred eighty-two yards, three touchdowns. Uh, 19 to 29 and um, I mean he just did exactly what you wanted him to do and uh, I, I got to watch some of the highlights uh, you know it was it was kind of like again OU against Louisiana Monroe Oklahoma State against Southeast Louisiana uh, I don't know what you can learn from it but boy they they took care of business and I guess that may be all you can ask for yeah I, I didn't get to catch any of this game uh, saw a few highlights and uh, of course the stat line and I mean, it's just, I think it's one of those games kind of kick you right back in the right direction. Uh, played a couple of tough opponents, and then and now they kind of got one of those teams that can kind of, sometimes it takes a team like that uh, to kind of get you moving back in the right direction, get you a little confidence going into, you know, especially deep in the conference play. And so, yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think they got exactly what uh, they needed. And, uh I, I'm still I'm still looking forward to seeing what Tulsa has uh, this year. I think they got some exciting things um, as far as personnel, you know, in, in their lineup. And so I'm excited. Yeah, I agree. Next week they they travel to Fresno State, um, you know, Mountain West School, and Fresno I think has come in at two and one. They they've uh, you know kind of had a fairly easy non-conference schedule so far, but, uh, but this will be a good test. Uh, I think ESPN gave Tulsa like a 78% chance on their matchup predictor. Um, you know, so, so Tulsa should be the favorite going into it. Um, but, but anytime you're on the road and you're two time zones away, uh, you know, you, 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 you fight all those potentials for, for uh, an upset. And so I think next week will be a great, great opportunity to see what Tulsa can do. I mean, if they, if they can pull out a win next week, they'll be three and one. And they, you know, they were six and seven last year. And, you know, I think if you can be sitting three and one going into SMU and your first uh, legitimate conference game, um, I, I think that would be a place that Philip Montgomery would be super happy about. And I mean, really it should, I think it could launch them into a good seven or eight, maybe even nine win season if they could win some on the road. Yeah. Who's a, uh, they, I was trying to I was trying to pull up their schedule. Uh, they let me see if I can find it. I had it earlier. I know they they're uh, at Fresno, and then I think they host. Uh, then they have a bye week, maybe, and then they host SMU. Um, let me get it pulled up here for a second. I cannot find their game for whatever reason. It yeah, it took me took me a while too. See if I can. I mean, it's not even in their conference play. Like, if I select the conference. Uh, huh. Yeah. So they're at Fresno and then uh, they host SMU uh, at Houston, which will be a, a big game. They're at uh, the, the Fresno, they're at Fresno, then they have a bye week and then host SMU, then at Houston. And that's what they have uh, coming up. And so. Um, when you look at that Fresno State matchup, like I said, you know the the ESPN matchup predictor, which obviously ESPN is always correct, um, since they gave OU a fifty four percent chance to win. Um, right. right. You know, uh, they're they're pegging it at seventy nine point four percent. 
you know, so, so the, everything, I, excuse me, Fresno is one and two, not two and one. I apologize. Um, but you know, so everything seems like it would lean towards, uh, Tulsa being able to go in and take care of that. And I think that would be a nice win, um, to, uh, to kind of really kick into conference play. Yeah, I, I finally found it here. I thought, I don't know what took me so long, but yeah, I'm just, uh, they, they're just an exciting team to me. They, I'll tell you one thing, they got going more than, uh, even like Oklahoma State. I mean, I feel like they're, they're rushing the ball a lot better than, yeah, than what the Cowboys are. And they, you know, they're, they're producing and, uh, I don't know. I just, I'm just excited for for uh, those guys, and I, and they've always been kind of one of those. You know, they're always they're always going to be one of those stepping stones. You know, schools. Um, you look at other sports like you know basketball. You know, a guy like Bill Self come from Tulsa, but they 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 never can hold on to those big time. You know, coaches when they get a coach that's you know there and, and proven and winning then they're going to move up to other places. So, you know, it's always, always filled for Tulsa because it's, uh, and to some regard, like in Oklahoma State, you know, they get a big-time guys that come in there, uh, look, things looking good. So they, they have, well, I guess what I'm trying to say is they, they always seem to have a lot against them. When they seem to get things going, then that person leaves. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, how long's how long's uh how long's their coach been there? Well, this is just his second uh, season, yeah, Montgomery. Yeah, and then their offensive coordinator. Um, is he the? Yeah, he went to know, Texas. Their one just went to went to Texas, right? But this guy, you know where he came from? Uh, I would have to. The guy they got now. I'd have to I'd have look, to look it that up. up. Yeah, yeah, I could look that up. But uh, but anyways, they, they just. I what I'm what I'm trying to say is I hope that they can. I hope that they can mold this team together and keep keep them together for, for a little bit of a run because I think they got some good things going and I'd be even more excited to see, you know, where they're at, you know, in two or three years down the road. But it's just one of those things where if it gets going too good then people leave for other jobs and stuff. So yeah. So I hope that they can I hope that they can stay together and really get something running in Tulsa because I know it's uh it's sparking some excitement this year and uh uh, man, I'm I'm excited to see where they are here in the near future. Yeah, I mean, look at Houston. Look at a team like Houston. I mean, they're they were the same situation. Yeah, I I I totally agree, and I I love it. You know, and now I don't as a you know Oklahoma State fan, and I know a lot of OU fans. They don't uh, they don't necessarily like playing Tulsa um, for the same reasons that you don't want to play Central Michigan all the time. Um, right. or, or Houston for that matter. But, but what I love about the situation Tulsa's in right now is, um, you know, they, they struggle getting fans into the stands. I mean, you know, they, I think they right. have 16,000 there and, you know, for a big game, um, you know, later in the season, they, they'll get, they'll, they'll get over 20,000. You know, that's a, that's an uphill battle. And I know a lot of city, city universities, um, struggle, you know, no matter what scale. I mean, look at Miami, right. you know, they're, 
they they have all the reason to be excited, and they still will only get you know twenty or thirty thousand people to their games. Um, but right. you know, so there's all those uphill battles, but they've made some some investments in that in the the football stadium and in the team. They signed that nice contract with Adidas to to get to get uh, uniforms and all the gear and all that kind of stuff. And so, um, you know, they're setting up to me in a pretty good spot. And in that American Athletic Conference, I mean, they can be ultra competitive. I mean, just like just like Houston's kind of rose into the cre- risen to the cream of the crop. Um, I think Tulsa can can be very competitive in that conference, and and you know I I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility to see them be consistent eight to ten game winner, uh, like you said, right. if if they can get stability in the coaching staff, that's the biggest challenge, um, yeah. is is creating that stability. But it it, it is exciting to see. Um, I, I know I'll really be watching that that Fresno game next week just because I want to see. Uh, what what they do on the road when it's not at Ohio State, right? <laughs> you know? Right, right. Um, so I think that'll be uh, exciting to see, and I really hope they can come away with a with a victory like like they should. I mean, they'll definitely be favored, um, but but it'd be nice for them to to come home with a good good win uh, from Fresno, California. Yep. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, well, Jared, one thing I'm looking forward to, let's let's move on and talk about the, the crazy game that was Oklahoma State and Pitt. Uh, 45-38 was the final. Oklahoma State uh, scored in the last, uh, was the last two minutes of the game uh, to, to pull that one out after a two-hour thunder-lightning delay. Um, it, it was it was a game that had everything. You saw records broken. You saw disappointment. You saw why are they doing that, and you saw some really awesome sweet plays from Pittsburgh. Um, and and so, uh, but what I want to know about first and foremost, because you referenced this in your your anchor plug, uh, what was this about a nacho tray being thrown at you? So. So you know they 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 make the announcement. And of course, you know you could see the storms kind of coming from a distance. You could see a couple of lightning strikes. So they make the announcement: uh, we're going to clear the stadium. You know, going to be on delay till further notice. So they sent the teams in the locker room. Well, obviously everybody, you know, everybody leaves the stadium. They all go under the tunnels or you know camped out around the concession stand, all that. Well, not us. We, we, I, I'm a, I'm a firm believer and, um, I like that kind of excitement. I, uh, I thrive for it. Like as dangerous as, as it might've been. Cause let me tell you, there was some lightning. I'm telling you, it, it put on a little bit of a show. And at, at times I was thinking, is this the best decision we could come up with sitting, sitting on these metal, metal bleachers, you know, during a lightning storm, but mm-hmm. Anyways, me and me and my brother Ryan and, and uh, buddy Tom, uh, we stuck it, stuck it, stuck it out. We 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 were literally the only three people in the entire. So you know where the student section is uh, yeah. there at Oklahoma State. Well, you know you know down below, you know right there around the fifteen yard line, ten fifteen yard line, um, down there the first you know fifteen twenty rows. There were still, I mean, those students you know kind of stuck it out. You know, you know where the panel guys are. Yeah, right there. And now they have them all the way around and on the other side of the end zone. Well, those guys kind of stuck it around. So I would, I would guess maybe, maybe there was 120 students that stayed. You know, of course, students are crazy, so they stayed. But when you go up to the next sections, like the the 
the rest of the 100 levels and the entire 200 and 300 levels, we were the only three, you know, up there. And it's pouring rain, starts lightning. Well, they, it's it's a horseshoe there, kind of it's kind of a bowl. So when the wind when when the wind gets through there, it's like a daggum little tornado, you know, that was coming through. And I'm telling you, all of a sudden we're just getting slashed by trash and, and <laughs> this nacho this nacho tray. Hits me in the face. My buddy Tom, he goes, I just got hit by a turkey leg. You know, Ryan the whole time was complaining his underwear was wet because he was soaking wet. But <laughs> just trash flying everywhere, uh, pouring rain. It was one of those Oklahoma moments where at the first of the game, it was extremely hot. The yeah. sun was beating down, and we're praying, just let that cloud cover the sun because I'm dying. And I've got to, like, I'm not going to make it. Where's the water guy? And you're burning hot. And then within 30 to 40 minutes, we're freezing cold. Praying <laughs> as the sun comes back out. Uh, it was just one of those extreme. But but let me say something. And I don't know if it went on. But, and I mentioned this in, in uh, I don't know that I mentioned it in the, uh, you know, in the little clip. But I, I, I mentioned it on Twitter. I want to give props and I want to give a shout out to the playlist manager, director, whatever you want to call them. The person that is in charge of the music playlist during this rain delay, they, they need a, uh, they need a race okay? <laughs> because the music playlist was on point. Jason, I accomplished one of my bucket list goals in being one of the only guys in Boom Pickens Stadium to dance alone to Purple Rain. Oh, wow. It was, it was an amazing, amazing moment. Uh, play, yeah, the playlist was just on point. And listen, when they started calling everybody for shelter, you know, you guys go to a safe place and all that stuff, can you guess what song they were playing as everybody was exiting? Uh, Danger Zone. Highway to the danger zone. Nice. I'm like, are are you kidding me? These guys, they're incredible. So yeah, we had that. It was, it was. I think the rain delay lasted what a couple hours. Yeah, forty five, close to two hours. Yeah, somewhere like. And and honestly, uh, to get back to the game, we, I was, I was, I had an uneasy feeling. I didn't feel real great about it. I know that we've been in that position before, like, you know, with a, a few years back to like when Brandon Whedon was here, the Tulsa game. If you guys remember the Tulsa game, we're playing. It didn't uh, start till like after think, midnight. Yeah, that was Brandon. That was Whedon's year. Yeah, yeah. it was 2011. It was the uh, Fiesta Bowl yeah. year. Yeah, and, and how they had that delay. And it, yeah, the game didn't start till like, yeah, after midnight. And it was. It was one of those, but yet we came out and we, we took care of business. But everybody was, how's our team going to react after being, you know, locked up for so long? But I was really nervous because I think this is not going to play in our, our advantage because Pitt has just been running all over us. Uh, one, 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 get, one part of the game that I felt, um, you know, we were behind in was, of course, the rushing game. Yeah. Think, I think Pitt was up in that, so I was really, I was really scared as to, man. Not only have we been, you know, in here, but now, you know, what's what's the turf conditions? Are they slick? Are they wet? Is, is there going to be a lot of moisture in there? Are we going to be able to sling it around like we have have been, or are we going to have to completely rely on our run game? And yeah. if that's the case, 
I'm not too confident. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I, I was kind of the same way because coming out of the rain delay, and I mean, we'll backtrack and, and talk about the rest of the game uh, earlier because there were definitely some exciting moments on both sides of the ball, but um, I was just afraid overall both teams would come out sluggish. And I mean, because I mean, imagine, I mean, I, neither one of us have played college sports, but I can't imagine right. basically playing a full game and then not, right. you know, and then sitting around or doing whatever for two hours. Yeah. And then having yeah. to come out and and try to to finish this game out, like I mean, yeah. that had to have been torture on both of these teams, and I bet today yeah. both of them are feeling it. Um, yeah, it's not like a it's not like a halftime where you're just in there for twenty minutes. I mean, yeah. you're in there. I mean, you know what it's like to even though it's not college, you know what it's like to to play sports and then to sit down for thirty minutes. Yeah, and then you know you you start tightening up, you start you know cooling down, your muscles start relaxing. So, I mean. That right there is where you, uh, you 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 find out where the money's deserved in like your training staff and your your uh, strength and conditioning coaches because uh, they right there I think played a just a bigger role in that game as anybody else because you're right that's what I was thinking these boys have been sitting around for two hours now they're going to have to come out because you don't want to see injuries you know you don't yeah. want to come out cold and and not warm up properly. But they did, you know, the staff on both ends. Yeah. Uh, well prepared. Um, I think we might have seen a couple of injuries on the Pittsburgh side uh, after that, you know, that break. But uh, kudos to that training staff on, on both sides and, and, and the Oklahoma State coaching staff for, uh, I mean, I think uh, anytime you can go in and uh, have a game that realistically we we had a couple opportunities to put away yeah. to make to make to make a to make a stamp on it and we didn't so when you're tied up and the way it's been going after second half uh we can't do anything you can't get anything going uh to go in there and sit around and think about that for two hours and then be able to come out and pull away with a, a victory i think uh i think it's a big time a lot last week a lot of people were questioning uh, our coaching staff and and some of the decisions they make. I think this this week you got to give them a lot of credit for for how they manage the team. Uh, you know, through that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, definitely looking at the whole game, and I mean, you know, obviously as a, uh, Oklahoma State fans were ecstatic for two things right off right out of the gate. One, they threw it deep instead of three yards off the line, and two, they threw it deep to James Washington, who, you know, scampered ninety one yards. It was, you know, it was a great pass by Rudolph, who um, really, I mean, he was once again just kind of all over the place. But I mean, can you can you can you really fault? 26 of 46, 540 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, school record for for yardage. He obliterated Brandon Whedon's 502 yards he set against Kansas yeah. or Kansas State in 2011. Yeah. Um, I mean, you were there, like, and and I mean, I, I there were definitely good passes and not good passes. But I mean, what was it that Oklahoma State was seeing that allowed them to just just go go for it? Well, I think for the first time all season. We finally saw, you know, every, I, we talked about this every show, how uh, where's this receiving core that everybody's been talking about this, you know, one of the best in the, you know, in college football. Well, where have they been? They've been dropping passes. They haven't been getting open. Uh, 
line hasn't been allowing Rudolph to to give him that extra second to let those receivers get open. Uh, so where where's all that been? And I think a lot of that's played into why you know maybe Rudolph um, hasn't been as sharp and as crisp as, as you know he should be. Uh, I think a lot of that has has you know in my opinion fallen on the receivers. Listen, they haven't been getting open. They haven't been you know. They haven't been making those catches that, you know, not all the time it's going to be a picture-perfect throw. Yeah. You know, sometimes you're going to have to make a difficult catch, and we haven't been doing that. This week the difference was we were making those sharp cuts. We were we had that 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 five-yard you know yard gap in between uh, the cornerbacks and stuff. We, we were just running all over the place. I mean, we were wide open. And that's why I say you look at his numbers, and – by far, that was his best outing, and you know, on a on a statistic level, absolutely his best you know performance probably of his career. But still, even seeing that was, I look at top forty and been like, there was a few opportunities. Uh, if we just make a better throw, heck, Rudolph could have been walking away with six hundred fifty, seven hundred yards passing, just because that's how open we were, and we just missed a mark. Yeah. Now listen. The difference this weekend in those long balls, besides the fact that our you know receivers were just blowing them off off the line, we were we were just running open. Rudolph on the deep balls was as as good as it gets. He those balls to Washington, Washington never broke stride. That's why a, a few of those um, deep passes converted into a a catch and a touchdown instead of just a catch and a you know two yard carry. It, it resulted in a touchdown because, like Washington, they didn't even have to break stride because the pass was laid in there just enough to where Washington just reached out and just continued running underneath it. I mean, you couldn't have thrown it any better. So Rudolph was better. Uh, he was on. He was on point most of the time. I just, I just, it, it still wasn't one of those games to where I was like, man, Rudolph. Hit every mark, and I know a quarterback's never going to hit every mark, but there were still, you know, guys running wide open, and and we throw it to the guy that's got two on them, and and yeah, maybe maybe the you know being under pressure, you know, had a lot to do with that. I've never been a college quarterback, so I'm not going to pretend to act like you know I know what it's like, you know, to have those 300 pound guys coming at me. But yeah, I. I <clears throat> Rudolph by far had his best game, and he was on point. But there was still a lot of a lot of moments in the thing that everybody in the stadium was yelling, "Come on, mate!" Like, yeah. what are we? And uh, you know, I, he's definitely he's going to be there. He's definitely better. I w- I wouldn't want anybody else. If if you ask me right now to trade, you know, trade out a quarterback, you know, sure it'd be great to you know to have you know boy down in Clemson or you know dude from Ohio State. Sure, but I'm not I'm not trading out Mason for anybody because because I think he's that good and he's got that much potential and his awareness in the pocket has continued to get better and better and uh, so all all we're missing is making a few more of those of those uh, throws some of those crossing patterns and and even the short ones all we're missing is 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 being a little more accurate on that and and we're sitting good with Mason we just got to get him. We just got to get him some some better blocking up front, and yeah. the, the receivers have, have got to continue 
to make those catches. We were making unbelievable catches this week. And that, that was the difference in where we have been in the prior weeks. Yeah, you, you need to see that. And moving forward, um, you know, I, I agree. I mean, you can't ask for really anything more from Mason, except I'm going to ask this one thing. And that is he, he has to take better care of the ball with his weird fumbles. Um, right. Oh, you, yeah. You know, that was a play. Justice Hill kind of got blown up on his pass protection and got pushed into Rudolph. But, but you know, you saw last year, too, there's these three or four just weird fumbles. And I don't know if he gets sweaty hands. I don't know uh, what it is. But you said earlier about how there were, there were definitely opportunities where Oklahoma State probably could have pushed this game out of reach. And that oh, was yeah. that was definitely one of those pivotal plays. I mean, because, you know, Pittsburgh recovers in the end zone. Um, you know, for seven and, and OSU was on the move to try to build a 21 point lead and in the first yeah. half when everything was just rolling. And so I, 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 I want to see less of those moments. And like I said, it wasn't all in Rudolph. I mean, he'll, you know, the right. freshman running back, he, he can't get blown off his block like that. The line in general has to do better. Um, but right. I just, I, I want to see, <laughs> see those little moments of taking care of the ball. I want to see him really wrap those, those up better. And, well, you know, go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish. Well, uh, I was just, I was going to transition to the running game. So go ahead and, and finish up there. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I was just, I mean, it's just, it's one of those things where you just, um, heck, I don't even know where I was going to go with that. I, I just, you were you were talking about you know Mason having to take care of the ball and it, it was just crucial moments. It yeah. was like you know, yeah, it was to to put us up by more and all this stuff. But but that fumble, I mean, it was huge. I mean, it was a big time fumble. And what I what I was going to add on to was Oklahoma State. You know, they had two turnovers. You know, Mason didn't throw an interception, but we had two. And but they weren't just fumbles; they were crucial fumbles. Yeah. Like they came. They came at bad times during the day. And the other thing I was going to add on to, you know, week one, we, we raved on them so much about uh, about penalties and being so clean, you know, during the games. This game, I know it, it seems like 8 for 55 may not be terrible, but 8 for 55 is 55 more than it should have been. Yeah. Like, we, we, we would come off with a big play, a, a big, it, you know, it's not always about the big play, but it's about the timing of the play. Sometimes sometimes a one-yard gain is bigger than a 50-yard pass down the middle simply because of the timing and where it's at in the, you know, in the game. It could be a momentum swing or anything like that. And these penalties were bad times of the game. We, we, we needed a first down. We would get the first down, and then we'd get called back for a holding. Yeah. We needed a first – you know, we needed a stop we get the stop and then it would be called back for, you know, rough in the past or whatever. We, we've got to correct those, those little things and we got to quit playing sloppy ball. We've kind of, we raised on them so much about how, how clean they were, you know, playing the first couple of weeks. Well, now after last week and now this week, it seems we're getting a little bit more sloppy, yeah. a little bit more careless. And we got to, we got to do a better job of, uh, yes, taking care of the ball, but then cleaning up, the penalties yeah and i mean it, it didn't end up hurting hurting them but on their their touchdown right. drive to end up winning the game you know dylan stoner gets a holding penalty on the punt return 
Um, and that was his right. third penalty of the game. And I, w- I wonder kind of watching it is if, if it has something to do with the level of competition. Cause I mean, look, I don't think right. Pittsburgh is, I mean, they, they might have a, outside shot at competing for the ACC division title or something, but, but they're not, you know, they're, they're not a a top level opponent, but every week Oklahoma state has played someone a little bit better. And I wonder if the physicality of this Pittsburgh defense and, and just their players in general uh, caused some of those. Cause I mean, you know, you're, you're offensive lineman. When do you, when do you get, when do you hold, you hold when you get beat. Right. right? Oh yeah. And, you know, I wonder if that had something to do with it as well, because I agree completely. Compared to week one, um, it's just gotten yeah. a little bit more sloppy uh, and a little right. bit more just just going down that road. And, and they need to clean that up as they go into conference play. And, and I wish it was just that. I wish it was just holding. But the thing is, is we were getting so many false starts. Yeah, false starts. I mean, our, our receivers are – I don't know how many false starts our receivers were getting. I'm like, come on, guys, you know the call. And we, it's not like we were even going on two or anything. We're just jumping. Yeah. I don't know if it had to do with we were beating them so bad. Everybody's just antsy, like we're going deep, and and I'm just I'm ready to go. So they just, you know, Washington got a couple calls on him, and it's like, I mean, like, come on, guys, we got to clean that stuff up because, like you said, Pitt's a Pitt's a good team, and they're a better better team uh, than we face, but they're not the best team we're going to face, yeah. and. And and uh, we we definitely got a lot of work to do. Having said that, I, I do feel like they got a pretty good offense and they they got a pretty good run game. And uh, I think what's going to hurt them is is their secondary. Yeah. Their secondary is awful. They're they're not very good. Uh, they're they're pretty good up front. They're not bad up front. But I think what's going to keep them in ball games is their offense because it was one of those games. Literally, like even the Central you know Michigan game, I I was never worried. Like okay, their offense is on the four, uh, you know, our, uh, on the field. Our, you know, our defense is going to stop us. Here, it was like every time we gave them the ball back, I was scared that they were going to hit a crossing pattern over the middle, and, and uh, for a big play. So their offense isn't bad. Their offense is going to keep them in a lot of games. It's that defense, I think, that's going to get them. Yeah, get and and what helps them is that they have an offense that teams don't see every day anymore. Um, and so that's going to help them. They're, they're, they're passing, you know, leaves, leaves a lot to be desired overall. And I I think, you know, they, they can, the way Oklahoma state can be forced to be one dimensional in the passing game. I think Pittsburgh can be forced to be one dimensional in the running game. And, you know, that's, that's their limitations, you know, but just real fast to wrap up Oklahoma state, you know, I I do want to say, I want to give a, a a game ball to Rennie Childs. 10 carries, 101 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, He had a 67-yard scamper. Um, And, you know, Oklahoma State's running game is by no means good. uh, Nor is is it effective. But I got to give it up to Rennie. Um, for 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 playing the game of his life, literally. I mean, he just had a career day, and I still think Justice Hill is the the running back that needs to get the, right. the touches. But Rennie really did what he needed to do, and I mean, he gets the game winning touchdown, uh, pounds it in from one yard out, and so uh, as an Oklahoma State team moving forward, they 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 need to feel encouraged by Rennie, and I think Justice Hill too. He started out really hot. By the end of the game, he kind of had was finding it tough to run, but. Um, I think those are the two guys that the Cowboys need to ride moving forward. Yeah, let me ask you something. Did you ever hear? Because uh, I was at the game and I didn't have my headphones. I didn't have. I was listening to radio. Was 
was Carson injured, or did we finally just kind of wake up? And I know that seems a little harsh. You know, there's Carson lovers out there. And, yeah, Carson could be good, and he does um, some freakish um, athletic things at points. But I think anybody, you know, that really follows up on state and watches him, uh, like like you you've said, Hill has got to be your man. Hill's the man with the little rainy child. Uh, the the running back by committee uh, is great, and it's nice that we have you know different options. But at some point, I I, I was feeling like Oklahoma State. We, we got to go with Hill. Clearly, yeah. better back, and he needs to be our premier guy. Like he needs to be the guy uh, we're working for next year, and it, it, he needs to be our guy. And then you can have the Rainy Childs come in because I've always been a Rainy Childs fan. I like Rainy, and I feel like he's gotten thicker this year, and he looks quick. He just, he looks good. So yeah. I like the one-two punch. So my question is, can we finally kind of wake up and do the coaches recognize that? Because I don't remember seeing Carson in the game one time, and I'm looking at the stats; he didn't have one carry. No, he. Did. So I didn't. I didn't know if he was hurt. Yeah, to answer your question, he did not play. He didn't suit up um, for an undisclosed hand injury. And um, I'm trying to pull it up right now. I think it was Pistols Firing blog uh, posted that it, it could actually be a little bit more than just a uh, a small injury. I don't want to lead to speculation. I'm, I, I can't, right. can't get it pulled up right now. But to answer your question, yeah, he didn't even suit up yesterday. Okay. Um, he didn't well, I, uh, I just... for a hand injury. I figured that was the case, but, but at the same time, I was thinking, well, maybe we finally woke up and realized that Rainey, our uh, Hill's going to be our guy, and we need to we need to just sometimes you have to just just like a quarterback when you're running two guys, uh, something I don't feel like we gave Mason enough opportunity. Sometimes you gotta you gotta just pick a guy and you gotta back him and you gotta go with it. Yeah. Not second guess. Not second guess your decision. And I and I feel like that's what we needed to do with, uh, you know, there's different packages, of course, and you're going to bring Barry J in there, and and you know, I'm not saying Carson shouldn't be there in there at all, but we were like rotating every two plays. I mean, like different guys coming in, like bring him in in different packages, do different things with them, stick them out in the slots, run, run some different things with them, uh, be a little more creative. Your six, I mean, you've got the talent. I mean, listen. You've got Carson Hill, Barry J, Rainey. You've got all that talent crap. Let's start getting a little, you know, I, I watched that Pittsburgh. I watched Pittsburgh, and they're number 10. They would run that little, that little, uh, they would put him in motion. They'd run him across the quarterback, and then they'd turn him right back around and toss him the ball. Yeah. And he'd burn us on that play every time, every single time. Finally, I think we stopped it at the, you know, at the end. But I was like, I'm I'm tired of not being creative. We've got when you have talent like that. Let's let's not let's let's quit saying. Well, let's find them ways to look to get them the ball in the backfield. Let's rotate them all to where they're all touching the ball. How about we just spread them out and use all of them? I mean, let's not. I'm not saying stick all of them on the field at the same time. But heck, I mean, Barry J. I know's got probably pretty good hands. He's a heck of a pass blocker. Let him block in the backfield. Stick Hill out there like at a slot position. Let's see what kind of hands he's got. I mean, let's yeah. just utilize it. Let's utilize them more, you know, instead of instead of saying, "Oh, we got to just rotate them all." At but anyways, I kind of got a rant there. Let's. I I, I wish they would 
you know, go with Hill, get behind him. And then, like I said, Rainey Childs, I was so happy for him. He ran a heck of a game. Uh, he ran hard. He found holes. And uh, just a, a big-time uh, career day right there. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, and moving forward now, uh, the conference season gets real. And kind of we talked about with OU – um, there may be disappointments surrounding your overall record, but now that conference season is upon us, you still have uh, everything to play for. Oklahoma State opens at Waco, or in Waco at Baylor. Um, they're playing in McLean Stadium. They, they've yet to win there in the one time that they've played there. Um, what are you looking forward to going into this game? Well, hopefully I'm looking forward to going. Okay. <laughs> I would love to go. I, I don't know that I'm going to get to uh, – I'm just I'm, I'm looking. You know, it's always a different different animal when you when you jump into conference play. I'm looking to see uh, not only how we react, but I'm looking to see where Baylor's at after this whole thing. You know, it's a team that is out to prove a lot of people wrong. Um, you know, after that, a lot of them. You know, they've been doubted. You know, if if Art Browse was still the coach, there's no question they'd be ranked up in the top. You know, 15 or so, and now. You know, after that whole debacle, you know, they're not really getting the attention. So are they are they out for something to prove, or have they kind of curled up, or are they going to get, you know, eaten alive in Big 12? I'm excited, you know, to see how that plays out. Hopefully that is the case, that they fall up and get eaten alive. Because, listen, I've said it for years. It's freaking Baylor. Freaking <laughs> beat Baylor. I don't, I don't care how many national titles, you know, they contend for or – Whatever it's freaking Baylor. I mean, I, I hope we just go up there and take care of business. Uh, OSU, one thing about them, they've, they've always, at least under Gundy's reign, uh, they've always seemed to play well on the road. Um, it's not always, uh, you know, perfection and pretty. Sometimes it's sloppy, but a lot of times they they tend to get it done on the road. So. I'm I'm interested in uh, to get to your question. I'm I'm interested uh, into seeing this offense. The thing that scares me more than anything, I know we went for 640 yards. I knew we threw the ball for 540 yards. I, I knew we know we even had you know 100 yards rushing. But here's the deal: if you if you take away those deep balls against Pittsburgh, how well was our offense? Yeah. I mean, I mean. It's awesome that our guys could beat those guys off the ball and they were running so wide open. Maybe they're that good, and with Rudolph's arm, is that good. But are those guys going to be able to run past, you know, Big 12, you know, type cornerbacks? And if and if they can't, well, then where, where does that leave our offense? Because right now, we don't have a run game. Like, it is not – it's not even in the picture. You have some talent, talented back there, you know, getting the carries – but as far as putting all the pieces together and being able to consistently run the ball, it's it's obsolete. It's it's not even there. We shouldn't even discuss it because a run game, you know, we used to be known for running back university. It's uh it's been missing for a couple of years and, and this year even more than anything. And so what I'm interested in seeing is if we take away the long balls, can we still produce on offense? That that question to me is still up in the air. Yeah. Well, and there's a uh, that that to me is going to be a huge question. I'm just kind of looking at the team matchups. It's it's kind of interesting. Uh Baylor comes in at 3-0, Oklahoma State 2-1. Both teams are averaging 44.3 points per game. 
the Baylor defense has only given up 10 points a game. They've, they, they blinked rice this last weekend and, um, uh, you kind of look Oklahoma state, they're averaging 360 yards passing, but only 98 yards rushing. But Baylor, this is, this is interesting to me when you remember the Oklahoma state teams of like the, the mid, the 2006 to 2011 range, uh, Baylor ever right now is averaging 275 yards on the air and 282 on the ground. And I think, um, that's going to be a a tremendous challenge for Oklahoma state's defense, because here's the thing I've, I've, I've enjoyed watching the front seven play for Oklahoma state's defense and, and the, the front four, especially like, it seems like they're legitimately six deep there, which is, which is really nice. But I'm telling you what, the secondary is about as as shallow as it gets. Um, yeah. You know, there's there's not a whole lot of depth there, and really, I, in the middle of the field coverages, I I've been I've yet to be impressed. Um, it just seems like the middle yeah. of the field has been open, and a team like Baylor, uh, with Seth Russell at quarterback, Katie Cannon, and all their other weapons. Uh, they, uh, that's going to be interesting to watch to see how Baylor tries to, to maximize that middle of the field and what Oklahoma state does to, to eliminate those passes because the, you have to balance it out. Like you can't, you can't commit to the pass because with shock Linwood and, and hasty and these other guys, like, I mean, they're, they're going to run all over you in that case. And so, you know, like I, I said in our preview edition, I'm not out on Baylor. I know everyone else is. I just, I, I'm thinking like, yeah, they don't have the depth that they've had in the last couple of years right. because they had people leave after all the Art Bryle stuff. But I mean, when you still got Russell, uh, Hasty, uh, Cannon, Linwood, and and all these other talented players, um, it, and a good quality coach in Jim Grove, I mean, they're they're going to be in every game. And you know, I I just. It'll be interesting to see. I think it'll be more of a test to see where Oklahoma State stacks up than than really what Baylor does. Um, and so I'll just kind of like you, I'll, I'll want to see what Oklahoma State does when they have to be creative offensively. Um, hopefully the defense can do enough to keep them in it, but if the offense has to get creative, I'll be anxious to see what they do. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun down in Waco. Uh, I would love to be able to go. I don't know if I'm going to be able to, but... I'll definitely be be watching it, and and if I'm watching it, I'll probably be you know two inches from the TV screen. Cheering uh, <laughs> more. Hopefully, we can get it done. I would love the open conference. Want to know and uh, just kind of just a road victory like that against the Baylor team. I think it just really. I think you'll get us back in the top twenty-five, and it'll really spark us. And maybe we could get on a little bit of a roll, but. Yeah, and I don't know. So, so, something to point out to close this out, you know, Mason Rudolph has four losses as a starter, and only one of those is in a true road game, and it was at Baylor, his first start as a as a true freshman. And so, you know, for him, he would love to go back and, and be able to perform. So it'll be fun to watch that. It should be a fun – hopefully it'll be a fun game to watch, and uh, it'll be prime time on Fox next week so uh jared is we is that is, a six o'clock start uh or? it's a six thirty. uh six thirty is the actual kickoff and so it'll be uh, national fox uh television down there in waco so but jared just as we uh wrap it up i do want to mention one more thing uh just because it's kind of finally come to a close uh, as you are a big baseball fan i'm a big baseball fan and the oklahoma city dodgers the triple a uh affiliate of the la dodgers they concluded their season saturday night in uh the pacific coast league 
championship. They lost the series three games to one. And so they, they battled, they got down 2-0. Uh, they won game three. And then in game four, they took it to the 11th inning before finally losing. And so uh, their season came up uh, just a couple wins short of a championship. But I got to tell you, Kimber, my wife and I, we go to uh, as many games as we can. We have kind of a partial season package. And we were there Saturday night and we were there Friday night. And uh, it was just a fun team to watch. And I'm telling you, the L.A. Dodgers, uh, they they have some talent coming up uh, in the ranks. And so I wanted to throw that out there. Um, The Dodgers, they had a great year. And uh, uh, before you know it, spring training will be here. But uh, until then, it's all college football. So, Jared, uh, thanks yeah. again for joining us uh, on the Oklahoma Sports Show. Do you have any closing words before we head out? No, I just want to repeat repeat that. Good on, good on those Dodgers. They're an exciting team. I think ever since uh, that franchise has, has moved in to Oklahoma City, um, I've just seen a lot of great things. It's always been a fun and exciting atmosphere there in Bricktown. And uh, I think people are excited around here. I know it's triple-A ball, uh, but I think people are excited for it. So I'm, I'm glad to hear the year. I don't get to keep up as much um, with that, but uh, good on them. So congratulations to them. And uh, let's go, folks. Let's get a win down in Lakers. That's right, and go Golden Hurricane while they're out in Fresno next week. And before you know it, we'll be talking Thunder basketball. So uh, that's it. That's it for the Oklahoma Sports Show. Don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at OK Sports Show. Email us at OklahomaSportsShow at gmail.com. And check out all our blog posts on medium.com slash OK Sports Show. Or go to OklahomaTalking.co who helps produce this podcast. And so uh, check it out. You can find blog posts, you can find out information, and you can listen to past shows. So, Jared, we'll see you next week. And uh, until then, we'll talk to you later. See ya.